0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors' memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. first remembrance is for Sports Illustrated, the formerly exultant official gatekeeper of sports superstardom, but now highly troubled magazine on the verge of extinction after reports that somewhere between half and all of its staff are being laid off amid ongoing revenue challenges. The once weekly staple, of The Sports Enthusiast, is now only published monthly, with a few special editions, and is reeling from the revelation that some articles have been written by artificial intelligence rather than real human reporters. Now, reliable sources indicate this is all a high-stakes game of poker being played between two billionaires, one of which publishes the magazine and the other of which owns the rights to it. But none of this matters, because the real issue here is that conservatives believe the magazine's woes are due to its embrace of our holy doctrines of Woketopianism. These anti-progressives point to the annual swimsuit edition, which last year was unapologetically inclusive and body positive. It featured an 81-year-old Martha Stewart, 7 months pregnant Nicole Williams, the first transgender model, Kim Petrus, and roughly half of the other scantily clad ladies qualifying as, let's just say, well-insulated. Of course, we celebrated this decision to completely betray the expectations of their core audience of hormonally-motivated heterosexual men by force-feeding them a strong dose of aspirational softcore gender re-education. At this point, it doesn't really matter why the magazine is struggling because it is perceived to be due to its embrace of wokeism which is just another reminder of our repeated complaint that capitalism is a terrible way to run a culture. Decisions about morals, art, and sex cannot be left to the ordinary consumer. No, these subjects are far too important to entrust to simple voluntary transactions in the marketplace. That's why all publications which promote the truth of our holy doctrines should be government-funded, and why all publications which oppose it should pay a hefty unwokeness tax and feel grateful we let them be published at all, at least for now. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second, coffee. After we learned last week from the inner circle wokalites at the Davos World Economic Forum that the widely beloved heated liquid pick-me-up is actually contributing to the global climate disaster. Basically, the coffee that we all drink emits between 15 and 20 tonne of CO2 per tonne of coffee. So we should all know that this is, every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. That's the wise and reassuring voice of Swiss banker Hubert Keller, who in addition notes that coffee cultivation in the developing world is devastating natural resources by producing only the one cash crop over and over again instead of using proper methods of polyculture or crop rotation. And one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. The quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. Sobering stuff, right? Now, as we would expect, Keller's plan is to have very wealthy businesses and individuals collectively take over coffee production, reorganizing it upon ecologically sound principles of climate preservation and sustainability through collective centralization and control. Even if that means ruining the lives of millions of impoverished coffee growing families in the tropics. Well, of course, the other alternative is for us as a collective to simply abandon our coffee addiction and thereby eradicate demand for this next target of our green eco-troopers. As a way of leveraging back that 15 to 1 ratio of carbon to coffee, we recommend the following. Get up in the morning as usual. Pour yourself a nice room temperature cup of water, because that also avoids the energy used to heat the liquid. And repeat this mantra. I like water. I need water. Water, 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 that glorious, refreshing, tepid, tasteless drink. You are the best thing to get me going every day. In just a few short years, we can all retrain ourselves through constant self-deception that we do not like or need actual coffee. Now, for those weaker otherin who struggle with the sacramental water replacement strategy, we recommend keeping an old cup of coffee in the house to smell when you drink your water. As that coffee gradually putrefies, it will smell bad enough that you won't even want to sniff it anymore and can finally be free to enjoy the blessings of good old-fashioned plain morning water. The planet and the unemployed coffee farmers will all thank you for your devotion to the cause and in the process the carbon saved can be used to offset all the private plane flights for the wise leader billionaires who meet in davos every year to teach us how to reduce our lives to the joyless squalor of their recommended climate vana woe unto all who offend, woe unto all who offend. finally and we almost hate to do this but ryan gosling after his reaction to the horrible snub delivered to Barbie movie star actress Margot Robbie and brilliant directress Greta Gerwig by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in not nominating them for awards, but yet nominating Ryan for best actor. In response, Gosling wrote, there is no Ken without Barbie and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. The two people most responsible for this history making globally celebrated film. No recognition will be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit and genius. To say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Against all odds, with nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad, and thankfully crotchless dolls, they made us laugh, they broke our hearts, they pushed the collective, they pushed the culture, and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees. Now I know some of you might think this was good of him, showing he's a true ally to all efforts to tear down the patriarchy, but no, dear Otherin, it's exactly the opposite. Who does he think he is to swoop in and rescue these poor damsels in their distress of being passed over? In pretending to understand 8th wave feminism, Gosling has shown himself only to be a patsy for the patriarchy itself. No, Ryan. Margot and Greta do not need a male savior to rescue them from the Academy's clear sexism, and by stepping in to fight their fight for them, you have insulted them and all women by implying they cannot right this wrong without the paternalistic assistance of you and your fellow XY chromosomers. All this does is serve to make you seem virtuous, falsely, and taint any victory over the forces of Kendom they might eventually secure, because it will seem as if your statement made the difference. Way to go, Mr. Patriarchy. You should have just kept your pretty mouth shut and let these highly capable female justice warriors solve their outrage in their own way. So the next time you want to lend a hand, just keep your blonde-frosted, clean-shaven, anatomically-incorrect body to yourself and let the ladies open their own doors to liberation. They don't need your help and they don't want your patronage, Ken. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! As you depart today, please keep young Jeff Simpson in your mantras. As you all know, Jeff had been lucky enough to be hired by NPR as the front desk receptionist, but on his very first day of training, Jeff's crippling Level 3 Telephone Avoidance Anxiety Syndrome took over and rendered him completely paralyzed with fear at the prospect of actually talking on the phone as a member of Gen Z. NPR quickly offered him an accommodation of using texting instead, but alas, it was too late. He was such a quivering mass of traumatized incoherence that his parents had to collect him and return him immediately to their basement. He has been recuperating in isolation ever since, and the doctors think he may be able to go back outside in three to four months if all goes well. Refreshments this week are provided by All Hat and No Cattle, the makers of organic lab-cultivated meat substitute, not beef jerky. Try their synthetically cultured alternative to traditional bovine protein made only from the freshest cloned stem cells and seasoned with sodium-free salt substitute. You can really taste the imitation. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.